Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Philadelphia CityCast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. All right, welcome back. Another edition of the Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. And on this episode, it's the 76ers deadline edition here uh, as we are inching closer to the NBA trade, the trade deadline, 3 p.m. Eastern time on February 10th. And to help me uh, talk out all of the, the scenarios, the rumors, the sources, the reports, Austin Krell, Sixers writer, for the painted lines and an NBA contributor for USA Today Sports. Uh, we'll go through all of the latest regarding the 76ers, Ben Simmons, James Harden, and everything in between. So let's get right to the good stuff. Here's the conversation with Austin. Enjoy. All right, so let's get right into it here. I'm, I'm excited to uh, have a guest join me. I always like when I'm uh, having someone join me, and I think it's good for for you out there, the listeners out there. It's it's better on your ears, you know. Less Ryan rambling and and more intelligent voices coming to the table here. So, um, without further ado, let's let's bring in the guest that I mentioned there in the intro, Austin. Uh, Austin Krell is a Sixers writer, NBA reporter for the Painted Lines, NBA contributor for USA Today Sports. Uh, he is a great follow. He's all over the beat here locally, of course, for the Philadelphia 76ers and obviously in tune with everything going on nationally in the National Basketball Association. And here tonight slash today, depending on when you're listening, we're going to get into the deadline stuff and uh, make some predictions and just talk out this whole process. No pun intended. Austin, what's going on, man? Not much. Uh, thank you for having me. It's always fun to uh to get together it feels like we're kind of on the the night of like a the night before a snow day when you're just waiting for your high school to make that announcement and then you're like <laughs> like yes i'm off tomorrow i don't want to do anything let's go and then you know either it happens or it doesn't happen you're very disappointed we'll see it's a great analogy it does you know i was thinking like christmas eve night before a snow day cancellation for middle school that's a good one what whatever it is and you know, we were chatting for a quick second before we got, went live here, but you know, we were just talking. It's like, and I'm stealing your words a little bit, so I'll give you the credit, but there's a lot of smoke, right? There, There's a lot of smoke here uh, surrounding the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, listen, Woj and Shams, they're the two, the goats uh, when it comes to the insiders. Like, we're all looking for their tweets. We're looking for the Woj bomb, but... I'm not dissing them. I'm pretty sure it was Shams last week, but 
everyone outside of Philadelphia, Austin, saw that tweet and was like, uh-oh. And if you really look at that tweet, the tweet I'm referring to, no offense to Shams, he's great. He said a lot of nothing. Like for, for us here in the city, the tweet was the 76ers are pursuing James Harden. And I jokingly said, well, I hope this is nothing new. Like, yeah. I, I would imagine they're pursuing James Harden. Daryl Morey has been pursuing James Harden and pursuing anyone of that elk, of that tier, uh, for months now, right? So what, what do you make of all of this, all of these reports, especially in the last, you know, 48 hours to the past week, Austin? So I think, like, a couple of things that are important to note because of today, Brian Windhorst says they're in the deal zone. And, you know, like, like I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but it's trending towards that way. And then you have Woj immediately after that saying like, there haven't been any talks and people are like, well, who do I believe? Like what's, I'm going to go with Woj because Woj is this. And like, they're, they're both ESPN yeah. characters. They're both very plugged in. They're both going to have their reporting vetted and, 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 and verified before yeah. they go on the air and say anything and stake the credibility of themselves and their organization. So I, mm -hmm. I don't care like what they've gotten wrong in the past. Things change. The thing that I think is really important. If you look at the past, um, Shams in the past year, year and a half, he was the one. He was he was the first one to get Dwight Howard signing with the Sixers. He was the first one to get George Hill traded to the Sixers. He was the first one to get, you know, uh, the Sixers saying we're not going to trade Ben Simmons. He was the first one to get, um, you know, the thing last week where they're engaging with the, with, with the Nets about trading for Harden. Clearly, yeah. clearly, Sham Strania has his ears on the Philadelphia side. Meanwhile, over on the Brooklyn side, Woj and Ramona were the ones to break the Harden trade to Houston last year. Um, you know, Woj has, has had some other things, like, you know, the, the thing today with the talks haven't substantiated or picked up. Clearly, Woj is on the side of Sean Marks. I think what we're seeing here is we're seeing very public negotiations right before our very eyes. Lever leverage creation you know, two sides trying to talk through third parties and say, you better up your offer because, you know, this or that. So I think everyone just has to calm down. And, you know, what I would say is I, I think there's enough smoke out there to really, you know, think like, how could a deal not get through at this point? Yeah. And it's, um, <laughs> it's interesting. Like for me, I, I don't, I don't anticipate a deal getting done. And, I, I'm not plugged in. I, I'm not an insider. I just talk and, and react. And, uh, you know, my, my job is much different from yours and, and all the other insiders. So you know better than me. But it just feels like the back and forth, the, the tennis match, if you will, of the reports, like the most recent reports, I, I, I'm, I'm reading, well, the Nets, uh, the Nets won at Maxi. The 76ers said no. Then the Nets came back with, okay, fine, we'll just take Seth Curry, Matisse Thibel, Andre Drummond, along with Ben Simmons. I mean, that's absurd. And for a guy in me that's honestly willing to part ways with Maxi, I love Maxi. I do not want to see him go. Um, but I'm also understanding of the open market and I think the reality of this situation. But I don't want to see Andre Drummond go. But like, what's your thoughts on all of that? And, and what do you think? realistically is going to take to get this done so um I, I think you're referring to the report from jason dumas today um 
and I, I yeah i guess so yeah yeah i mean i i don't, I don't you know I don't, I don't i don't really have an opinion on 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 you know his reporting i do know that he was the one who reported that this that maxi was going to be traded with ben and then okay. they said that maxi was not going to get traded with ben and then he said that the fans were going to be outside of the wells for outside of the uh the training facility which was everyone laughed at because it was ridiculous yeah. it never happened so yeah. you know I, I think we can bet where his ear is um and you know what what the reality of that that is my understanding every iteration of packages that i've heard about um it's seth you know it's seth curry um it was it was one of maxi and thibel was my belief i believe the sixers were very or have been very um you know hesitant to put maxi in a package i think if you know like nerf gun to the head if they had to include thibel they probably would say like how can we really let Matisse Thibel get in the way of of us getting James Harden, but I think that's right. something that I think that's something with like you know two forty five in the deadlines fifteen minutes from now, and you're like really thinking about that. I also think Seth Curry's part of the deal. That's something that's something I've heard from the start too. Um, I think you know that would be involved. I think right now like what you're trying, like, what you're seeing is it's very quiet, and usually when it's quiet, it means talks are pretty fluid. What's what's true at nine fifty nine p.m. on Wednesday, February 9th might not be true at ten oh four on right. February 9th. That's why yeah. no one wants to report anything because it could change so quickly. Um, yeah. So um, I think you're, I think that the talks are very fluid. Woj says there haven't been any talks right now. I I, I don't know where I stand on that because I've heard this, that, right. and other. But you can't tell me that talks will not eventually take place in the next you know 12, 18 hours. There's just no way that, no. that that's not going to happen. Um, it has to already be happening, right? Yeah, yeah. I, th yeah. I think it probably has. Um, yeah. But what I will say, like the big leverage play here is both neither side wants to be the first side to call the other. Because if you call the other person, um, it's kind of like, you know, like, hey, what are you up to? Like, nothing. You called me, you know, <laughs> like, you, like, like, you know, you, if you're calling, you're conceding that, you know, I am no longer in a position of advantage here. And that's the that's the big play right there. So I think right now um, what the Sixers are trying to do, they're trying to accumulate draft picks. Um, so that they can maybe say, we don't want to give you Thibault, but we'll give you two picks, you know, here or there. Or we're trying to engage a third team and get a third team involved to take on Tobias Harris. Because if they can prove, hey, we can open up the cap space really easily right now. And so you won't get, a, you, if you if you lose in the playoffs and don't get a championship, forget it. Harden's gone. Um, mm -hmm. And that could scare the Nets and motivate them into accepting, you know, less than the maximum offer for Harden. So I think you might see that. Um, one key thing I, I, I think that's especially important is I don't think their the Sixers are, are maybe crazy enough is maybe probably the way, probably the way, right word to trade Tobias Harris without having a certain, a certainty that they're going to get hardened. Cause you don't want to get one, rid of one of your three best players and not have something to back that up with. Um, and, you know, worsen your team around an MVP candidate instead of making them better. So I think that might be something that if you see a trade for Tobias Harris tomorrow, that probably precipitates or maybe is included in, in, a, in a Brooklyn uh, Sixers deal, um, you know, later on in the day. So just to be clear here, because I'm a little slow, you're, you're – and this is all speculation, of course. I don't even think I need to clarify that for the listeners, but I will anyway. Um, the, the Tobias Harris speculation – you're you're saying that could be a separate deal because for a second I thought you were saying, you know, three or four teams involved, but he is essentially a part of 
a James Harden trade, but you you think that it's a possibility the Sixers could be on the phones just trying to unload that Tobias Harris contract in order to help bring in James Harden and take on that inevitable load of a of a contract. What I'm saying is I think it's very unlikely that they make a trade with involving Tobias Harris without yeah. also simultaneously knowing or, you know, completing a trade to get James Harden. So I think okay. it may be something where there's a little bit of whispers throughout the day, then boom, Harris is traded, then boom, you know, uh, they get you know, they get Harden. I, I think it's very likely that, that's, that those two events happen pretty, pretty you know, quickly within quickly. each other's yeah. sequencing because if Brooklyn feels that like, okay, well, they're going to, they got rid of Tobias Harris. We got to go. Like, like we can't, like we can't risk, you know, not having Kyrie in the playoffs, having a an unfavorable seed, having one injury that could cost us a championship. And then we lose him for nothing. So I think if that hard, if I think if they find a way to make a Tobias Harris deal, that would definitely lead into a, a Harden deal. But that doesn't mean that's going to happen at the same time. It could happen a little bit before. I think when it comes down to deal structure, though, you would see that it would be like a hard, it would be a three-team deal when all is said and done, involving Tobias going somewhere, Harden to the Sixers, and Ben ostensibly going to the Nets. It might ha the reports might come out at different times, but the deal and its final structure structure could be a three-team deal or a multi-team deal. I want your just honest opinion on leverage because I see this talk being, you know, it's a popular debate and conversation just between Sixers fans and, and insiders and just on social media. And I'm seeing some people say, well, you know, the, the Sixers have all the leverage and where I'm sitting and I'm sitting way up in the nosebleeds if I'm even in the arena, but where I'm sitting, I, I don't, I don't know if that's true because I feel like if I'm Brooklyn, I'm sitting here saying, all right, you know what? Harden doesn't really want to be here anymore. This is probably going to be the last year if it's not a, a deal before then. But, you know, we'll, we'll move him before the deadline if the right deal comes. If not, screw it. We'll take one more, quote, swing at the fences here this year with these three guys, and we'll deal with the mess in the offseason. So I don't know how much, like, leverage uh, Philadelphia has uh, if Brooklyn is – even a little bit under that mindset that I just threw out there. Do you agree, disagree? What's your thoughts on the leverage talk? I think both sides have leverage in this. Like, number one, Brooklyn can go to Daryl Moore. They can say, look, look, we know you want to make a deal. You're a, a reputed deal maker. Um, you know, you have all these fans here who we see we see the tweets. You know, they they want they're 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 dying for a trade. They're craving a trade. They want you know you, you have that Embiid who's an MVP favorite. Um, don't waste this year. With you know, give us what we want. We'll give you Harden, and you can make your run at this. And that's a pretty good case, you know. More, and they could play it more easy. Go say like, we know you, you know, we we know you like to be the smartest guy in the room, and you know, have the and the, the biggest balls in the room. Uh, hmm. Make this happen. Yeah. Same same way, Daryl could say, you know what, I'm good with where we are. We're one two games out of the first seed uh, right now, and that's with some injuries stuff like that. Um, we can make a run at this, and you know we're we're willing to bet on the odds of you guys uh, not, you know, getting a champion, not winning a championship, and then getting hardened for nothing in the summer. I think both sides have incredible leverage here. Um, right now, I'm I'm my 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 brain says that for the next 18 hours, the leverage probably lies in Brooklyn's court because they can tease, you know. 
be the be the badass GM. You know, get right. get 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 your guy some help and get them beat some help. As soon as that passes, as soon as there's an injury, as soon as the Nets lose in a playoff series, um, that's when Nets are in trouble. You you use the word that's being thrown around a lot when it comes to Embiid in this year, and that word is waste. Um, and I think it's a fine line between this year being a waste and forcing a trade to avoid a wasted year, if you get what I'm saying. Like, it's a very... It's a very fine line. I, I don't want this year wasted, but I don't want them to feel like they're them being Maury and, and the Sixers ownership front office, et cetera. Don't want them to feel like they're backed in a corner so much and everything that's being reported doesn't seem like they feel like that at, at all. But to the point where they force a trade that's going to you know, hamper them and their future. So what, what's your thoughts on that? Say again, kind of broke up there. Oh, no problem. So um, I said you you used a word that's being thrown around a lot, and that word is waste oh, yeah. when it comes to Joel Embiid and the seasons he's having and, and wasting another MVP year. But I think there's a fine line between waste and forcing a trade to avoid a wasted year. Um, so what is that fine line? And what's a trade that you could see come across our, our desk here, so to speak, where you say that was a force? Um, and you know, sometimes the best move Austin is not making a move, right? Yeah. I think that's what, I think that's one of Daryl's first points. Like, I mean, Daryl comes in here and his introductory presser and everyone's saying, what moves are you going to make? What's this? What's that? It's like, well, what's, what's, wait a second here. Sometimes the best moves are not, are the moves that you don't make, um, which is a valid point. And, you know, as much as the fans want him to make a move, his job is not to do what the fans want. He's, he's not a proxy for the fans. His job is to make the best decision for his franchise. Um, and but having said that, the line in the sand, if, if I'm interpreting the question right, would be um, Tyrese Maxey. I don't think you give up Tyrese Maxey just because he serves as not only a very, very, very uh, promising young guard, but a bridge between Harden's latter years in the NBA and the new era of Sixers basketball. Because if Harden can't play every night, if Harden you know, can't, can't, can't go as quickly and, and needs to play more off ball, Maxie's right there in his prime to take the, to, to to take over as a ball handler. Um, so I, I don't I think I would draw the line there just because Harden's older. Um, and at that point, you're giving up so much that really, what are you like? Like you're kind of you're getting a sexy name, but it's at like it's at the it's at the cost of diminished returns almost. Um, I would include Thibel because I'm a big believer that defense is mostly effort and mm-hmm. less less about skill. And I think you can find find guys that are extremely good defenders if they if they work at it and they put and you know they put the work in for it um so that's probably where i would draw the line in the sand no mac i would not include maxi i would include thibel i agree with you and i also disagree with you because this is this is how i look at it and and i'm back and forth with this right like i'm i'm not sure but i look at it as all right if we focus on the wasted year air quotes for a second and if we say Joel Embiid's not getting any younger and we don't want to waste this second half of this year or even next year, and then how much more we get of this version of Joel Embiid, right? If all of that is true, then we look at this current team and we say Maxi's awesome. The sky's the limit. He's not there yet, though. We know this isn't a title contender right now. And if we feel like bringing in James Harden, even just for a half a year or one and a half seasons, as crazy as that sounds, does catapult them to a title contender right like where 
you can't have your cake and eat it too. Daryl Morey says he only wants a certain player in return. The window's now. Joel Embiid's not going to be here at this level for much longer, right? Like that's the balancing act that I go back and forth from. If I believe all of that to be true, then I think the hard decision is to include Maxi if you want to take that one swing this year and possibly next year. Do you agree or disagree with all of that? Um, so I think there's a couple of things I probably contest. Number one is I don't know any anymore, given the way Embiid has played the last year and a half, that he can't play at this level for that much longer. Why? Because taking better care of his body, number one. Um, number two, he's playing smarter. He's not, you know, doing crazy things out there. Number three is he his his, his mid range jump shot has has taken tangible steps forward. Um, and I think if, even if his athleticism wanes, he still has the jump shot. Um, and that's something that could carry him, you know, beyond you know years that we that we that you might project that he can last. Mm -hmm. um, number two. And this is probably something that I think a lot of fans would contest, but if we take off our Sixers colored glasses for a second here, um, let's think about it. The Nets can put the ball all the time back in Kevin Durant's hands. If Kyrie Irving is there, um, he's obviously Kyrie Irving. And then Ben Simmons is, it, as much as people hate Ben Simmons, um, he's a great player. He, he's a, he is a jaw dropping defender who can literally yeah. take your best player out of the game. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Sixers have Joel Embiid, they have James Harden, and they have some unproven. They have Tyrese Maxey, who's never played a big role in a playoff series. Um, they have you know, Tobias Harris, who has hit, reputed to come up short in the playoff series. I, I'm not so sure it's a slam dunk that they're favored uh, to win a title, even if they trade for James Harden. I, I don't know that that's a slam dunk. Um, no, yeah. So I think those are Fair. risks that you have to calculate when all is said and done. The one thing I would say is, if you're if you're if you're the Sixers brass, do you want to? When this is all said and done, and heart and, and the, the, this is all history, five ten years from now, whatever, do you want to be the front office that overthought it and didn't just didn't just take you know did, didn't just answer the easy question and do what was easy, yeah. or do you want to be the team that says we did exactly what anybody else would do and it just didn't work out for us? Like right. that's a that that's a, that that's a that's a, a a life that you can afford. You can, you can sleep you can sleep at night knowing that you you did what anyone else would do and it just didn't work out for you. Whereas if you don't if you don't do a trade and you try to outsmart everybody, you're gonna question what if we had just done the trade. So forget what you think. Like forget what you think could happen or will happen. Let's pretend you're Daryl Morey for a second, Austin. What, what are you doing, right? Let, and let's say everything's on the table, right? And, and this is never the case, but I just want your thoughts on what you would do, what you think the best option is for this organization, short-term and long-term. Uh, are, are you making the trade for James Harden? Are you saying, you know what? Screw it. Let's just, quote, waste the rest of this year, and there's going to be more options in the offseason. What would be your best-case uh, situation if you were in control of the reins? If it were me. Um, I would say we'll give you. First of all, I would from Daryl Morey. First, I'm I'm buying another NFT. Of course, that that's of course, yeah. Number one. Um, <laughs> number, number two is I was saying we will give you Ben. We'll give you Seth Curry. We'll give you Matisse Thybul. Really? We'll give you picks. 
and that's it. Wow. See, I'm, I, I don't know why I'm not okay with giving up Seth Curry. I just, I mean, it's sort of obvious. Obviously, him and Joel Embiid have a nice little rapport in chemistry, and, and, and his role has been so valuable when he is at 100%. He's still, you know, working himself back to, to getting to, uh, to that level, I think, of, of where he once was at one point earlier this year. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't like to see Seth Curry, sorry, Curry go. Now, at the same point, if you're putting that Nerf gun to my head, as you mentioned, Austin, and you said that gets the deal done, I probably would do it. So maybe that's just right. a complete waste of a breath for me right there. But I just for whatever reason, I don't want to see Seth Curry go. Let me ask you this. Uh, be, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Let me just ask you this. No, no. So my, I, my supposition is that last year when they traded Tony Bradley Jr., it was to force Doc to play Paul Reed more. Um, that was my supposition last year. Because he mm -hmm. wanted to test out a small ball big lineup and see if that would work. Obviously, Doc never obliged. But maybe maybe if they do that, the Atlanta Hawks series changes a little bit. Um, what if part of the logic and the thinking is if we trade Seth, it'll force Doc to just put the ball in Tyrese's hands more. And it'll force that chemistry to grow and Tyrese to become more of a ball handler instead of an off-the-ball guy. Um, he won't feel as much – you won't feel as much responsibility – to, to let to let to defer to Seth, yeah. I think that's also something worth considering consideration because, as great of a shooter and and an improved playmaker as Seth Curry is, we we know what he is as a player. We haven't quite figured out what Tyrese Maxey is yet. We know what the projections say. We know that everything so far is promising, but we don't know what that looks like yet. The, the ceiling for that. So I think that might be something that you think about. Well, we trade Seth. Doc kind of has to put the ball in Tyrese's hands more, which is which is it, yeah. something worth 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 considering. No, it's it's a good point, and I think that's that's part of where I go back and forth, just simply of knowing what I have in Seth Curry and knowing if he's here with James Harden and Joel Embiid, what that looks like, and then the unknown of Tyrese Maxey. I think I'm more okay with parting ways with him, as painful as that is, only if I'm under the the mindset of it's win now, right? Like only if I say, screw it, I don't care if Maxie turns out to be a top 20 point guard of all time. That's not where he's at right now. And our window is right now. Do you get what I'm saying? I do. I, I, I'd probably reply to that. Um, just because he's not at that stage of his career right now doesn't mean that he's not a piece that helps you win now. Fair. Mm -hmm. Fair. Yeah. No, I, and that, that's, um, that's clearly, I think, where they drew the line a little bit, where they feel confident that Tyrese Maxey can help them win now. And, and I'm not sitting here saying I don't think he can help them win now. He's already shown that he can help them win now with this current roster. So why can't he do the same in a, in a lesser role where there's not as much pressure on him yeah. uh, to do that? He becomes the fourth scorer instead of the two or three on a given night. You, you know, you get my point. Um, so that's that's all fair. Uh, listen, we're talking with Austin Crow. Follow him on Twitter at NBA. Krell, we're leading up to the deadline, and you may be listening, uh, you know, just hours before 3 p.m. or maybe slightly after 3 p.m., and you can see where we went went right, where we went wrong here. Um, I, I want to talk to you about Doc for a second before we quickly get back to the deadline <laughs> stuff because about the Tyree stuff. Like, just for example, yeah. let's let's just say like like total total example here, not like reporting, but total example. Let's okay. say you let's say there's a deal and. Ty, uh, Tobias Harris is out and Buddy Heald's in. 
let's just say that's that's something that happens. Okay. Uh, you that and you, you do the Harden trade. You then have your starters, James Harden, um, Buddy Healed, Mati, Mati, uh, you know, whoever Maxi, yeah, well, whoever else is there. Point is, I think there are lineups that you can feel you, good about. You can you can create where Maxi is your sixth man, and suddenly your right. second unit is supercharged. Yeah, that is that immediately elevates both your starting unit and your dreadful backup unit, and that makes you a much better team all the way around. Is Andre Drummond a and not an untouchable, but I I don't see him getting traded. I think his role, although it's small and he's a backup to the MVP, I think it's very important. He's not going to get dealt, right? I would be shocked if he's included. I don't I don't I don't know why he would have trade value. Um, yeah, and. Well. I mean, yeah. in a three I, or four team deal, but yeah, I hear you. I, I I just don't know like what the value he's bringing to any kind of team that's trading for him. Like, I don't know why the Nets want him when I would theoretically think they would want like a small ball big or like right a stretch five something like that. I I, I mean, there could certainly be you know machinations that are that are crazy before the end of the day tomorrow, but I have a hard yeah. time believing it. What's your thoughts on Doc Rivers here real quick before we wrap up the deadline stuff here, Austin? Because I, I, I question Doc's ability as a talent evaluator. I question what would this be if he if his hand wasn't forced to play Tyrese Maxey in the role that he has. You brought him you brought him up as it relates to Paul Reed, and I've heard whispers he still doesn't you know, he's still reluctant to go to Paul Reed and these other young guys that others feel like could make this rotation better, deeper, uh, and make this team better. And he's been reluctant to to do any of the sort. Uh, and that's frustrating me. And I question his ability right now overall, not just as a talent evaluator, but we can focus this question as a talent evaluator. I'm not trying to rip Doc on this podcast, but uh, your thoughts on all of that. So what I would say is um, – what I would say is this, like – I, I have heard whispers like that as well, where like there there is some internal discourse as to like what Paul Reed is. I think some thought is that he's a five. There's also some thought that thinks he's a four. Um, I, I think there, there's probably something there that it's probably why they don't go to him as much and why they keep him down in Delaware is because like why are you gonna if you're not gonna play him, I'll just get let him get developed some down here as mm -hmm. as the position yeah. I think he is. Um, but I think the talent evaluation, um, he doesn't play young guys a lot. Like, we all know that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how much longer I can stand watching Furkan Korkmaz play over Isaiah Joe. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, think he, I think he respects and relies upon his veterans probably a little bit too much. But at the same time... Which is part of the reason, sorry to cut you off, but I think it's part of the whole love for doc rivers is the love that he gives to the right people in the locker room correct correct right i yeah. also think that like to be fair to him i don't see a player on that roster who i'm like why are you not playing him yet like charles bassey has had good moments paul Reed's had good moments i also can see why they don't get playing time uh yeah isaiah joe fair. has 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 had more balls go in and out than in uh, you know, to, right. to the season. So I think there are definitely reasons to like say like, yeah, you should give the young guys more of a chance and a longer leash. 
same time, there's there, there's no young guy there that I'm like, he's got to play. I agree with you, but isn't that part of the point of ask uh, of he hasn't really given us that opportunity to to make that that assessment or decision on our own? You could say, right, to a degree. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think that's fair. I would say that in the small sample size so far, yeah, Charles Bass he's probably the only one that I would give any kind of credibility to, and mm-hmm. Andre Drummond is arguably the best backup center in the league. So we're, we're like. Which player right. is there that you're going to give minutes? Like Paul Reed, I like Paul Reed. I, th- I think he's a, a really raw, athletic, instinctual guy. Um, mm. I've also seen her try to put the ball on the floor, and I can. That's like that's why you don't. That's why I don't trust Paul Reed because he tries to go outside the box a little too much, and that's hard to trust. Good stuff here, man. I mean, we're we're 30 minutes in, and I could probably do another 30. I, I'll spend another five minutes or so with you, and we'll see where it goes. But um all right who who's here <laughs> deadline <laughs> at 305 p.m i mean i don't know where else to take this we could probably go so many different directions like i said for another hour but uh, i'll reel it in uh, i mean who's here at 305 do you want to start with tobias let's start with the big names outside of ben simmons we'll end with that is tobias harris a 76 or at 305 p.m <laughs> it's weird like my instinct says yes because I haven't heard enough yeah. saying no. However, some of my most credible people have said that he probably won't be here, so I'm not quite sure. Wow. I, I really don't know. Um, I think Jamal and people will be here. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whew, man, that's going to be the headline for this episode here. Like they do like. <laughs> They decided to trade Joel for Harden and just like, see the mass chaos. I wonder if that would get Ben to come back. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, he's good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Starting at guard. Jeez yeah. um, Louise. All right, any – any? Uh... happy when you, James. Trust me, happy when you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so I was going to go role players, but that doesn't make sense because that sort of ties into a Ben Simmons – trade uh so is is ben simmons still in his apartment as a philadelphia 76 or at 305 p.m i don't think so you don't think so no i think daryl loves to take these things down to the wire he's notorious for making deals in the back end of the trade deadline as things get this things as the clock ticks down um i think there's just way too much smoke out there wow all right so a couple more here for you if we go under that assumption, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, and I know these are impossible questions to answer. I get that, listeners out there. I'm not trying to, you know, say, oh, Austin was wrong, or hopefully Austin's right. But um, what what do you see that deal looking like if we have to play pretend here and Ben Simmons does eventually get moved? Uh, you sort of alluded to it to start the conversation, but to bring it full circle, who, who, what are all the deals or, or just deal that ends up getting done? Who's out? Who's coming in? Coming in, um, I think you might see like a backup point guard enter the equation somehow, um, mm-hmm. whether that be the Nets, Javon Carter. Um, but I think it, it would be Dub V guy would yeah, love that. It, it would be James Harden, um, a point guard, let's say Javon Carter, uh, Ben Simmons goes out, mm-hmm. Seth Curry goes out. Um, My instinct is probably like Jaden Springer and picks. 
not necessarily not necessarily Matisse Thibel. I think I think they would include Thibel, but I think if I had to guess, they're probably going to try to wrangle up wrangle up as, as many picks as they can uh, to send Brooklyn's way, and then uh, not include Thibel would probably be my guess. But I, I I mean I think like a very smart thing to do it when you're in your negotiation is like look, you gave up Jared Allen, you gave up uh, Karis Levert and picks galore to get Harden. We'll replenish those picks for you and we'll give you Ben Simmons. So at least when it comes full circle, it isn't like you gave the farm to get James Harden anyway, which I think is an attractive opportunity for the Nets because it's not a PR disaster. Right. right. Um, I should have asked you this earlier in the conversation, but sort of to wrap things up, um, let's say a deal gets done and James Harden is in Philadelphia for now. Can you detail like what his contract situation is and how the 76ers would plan to to keep him possibly long term? It's it's not going to be cheap. So I can tell you this: um, he's going to have them by the balls, <laughs> really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. W- 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 uh, in terms of in terms of leverage in the free agency market, my guess is they would absolutely resign him. Um, I the terms of the contract, um, I believe it would be some so. Quick, quick note that's really important here. Um, yeah. So if they get the deal done before the deadline tomorrow, yeah. um, what it would mean is that they, Harden is then eligible to sign a Supermax deal with the Sixers, which is why he has a, he has some financial incentive to, you know, behind closed doors whispers, okay, please trade me. Just like, please. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, and you know that that that's that's a big deal. Um, I can't find the numbers right now, but I believe it's something like he would get upwards of sixty million in the last year of his contract, which would be like thirty-seven, I want to say. Um, so that's something that you don't really love. I have it right here, no. actually. So 2022-23, he's making upwards of forty-six and a half. Then over the next three years, it's fifty, fifty-three, fifty-seven. Final year is sixty-one million. So those numbers come out to about two seventy. Uh, if he if he is signed and if he is traded tomorrow, or if he resigns in Brooklyn, if he you have to trade Tobias then if you're Daryl Morey. Right. Well, you could you could do that in a separate deal though. Like what matters right, right. what matters is this year is that his, this contract is is the upcoming contract. His money is still you know for this year. All you need to do is get rid of Ben and some supporting salary. You figure out the right. Tobias stuff later. But if you but the other options would be sign and trade with the Sixers in the offseason. Issue there. Is that Harden stands to make less money doing that if he opts into his current deal on the last option and then asks for a trade? He literally makes more if he opts in and trades. So if they don't trade for him tomorrow, and then you sit, and in the summer it's Harden has agreed to or has decided to opt in, that isn't panic button for the Sixers fans. That is right. a guy taking advantage of an extra roughly a million dollars um, and then saying, if he wants to be traded, trade me. Gotcha. Man, it's uh, it's crazy. We're coming down to the wire, like you mentioned, man. Uh, it's like uh, the snow day in middle school, trying to hope that, that you get off. You see your school come across the bottom line there. But uh, we'll see what comes across the, the Twitter machine, what comes across uh, all, of our, all of our phones in the next, man, what, 12 hours minus nine, whatever it is. Uh, we're we're coming down to the wire. Um, Not a lot hours of sleep away. Tonight. <laughs> Not a lot of sleep. No. Say that much. 
Yep. So, and and you feel like if we're going to get an announcement, it's going to be like two thirty-seven, right? Right before three p.m. I think is I think it's likely. Um, yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if like it happens earlier, so that way if they decide one way or another, if they, if they decide not to do a trade, they have time to back out and look at something else before the buzzer. So it might be a little earlier in the afternoon, um, but I anticipate that there will be certainly we'll, we'll see something like ramped up discussions or dialogues um you know whatever we'll see that yeah either it will happen or it won't happen but i do know this and Woj can say whatever he wants sham can say whatever he wants windhorst jake fisher uh whoever else and this isn't me slamming them this is just me saying what i think yeah there are two pieces of information that really matter to me in all of this number one is that is ramona shelburne's report that harden has consulted agents that's like, does a happily married man consult a divorce attorney just for fun? Like, no, you don't mm. do that. It means that you, that you anticipate that you will not be getting the most money you're eligible to get this summer. And that mm. might cause you to want out. So you're consulting an agent to get your options figured out. That's just number one. Number two is, by all accounts, he doesn't want to be there. Like, he's he, he's missed two games in a row in the middle of a losing streak. Um my understanding is that the, the hamstring thing is is something that he can play through, um, but they're, they're, I don't know if it's the Nets are playing are playing it cautiously or he's in the background saying I'm not playing until you trade me. But yeah, it sounds and given his performance in Sacramento, um, what can you say? The guy did not play hard at all. He scored four <laughs> points against yeah. the police Sacramento Kings while his team needed a desperate win. So yeah. by all accounts, he doesn't want to be there. Um, and I think if we're banking on like maybe New York lifts the the vaccine mandate, maybe uh, Kevin Durant's healthy, maybe they win the championship. Those are all a lot of what ifs that mm -hmm. feel like things that are against the Nets. They feel like miles away, especially right now amidst the losing streak and everything else going on right now in Brooklyn as it relates to uh, the Brooklyn Nets organization. Austin, excellent job, man. I really enjoyed catching up with you uh and and for anyone that doesn't follow him please give him a follow at nba krell uh austin sixers writer for the painted lines nba contributor for usa today we'll uh we'll see how it plays out man thanks for spending some time no problem ryan thanks for having me all right thank you all once again for tuning in to another edition of the philadelphia city cast presented by bet rivers sportsbook man a lot there that I went through with Austin. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Make sure you are following the show and subscribe to the show available on all of your podcast platforms. And uh, you can give me a follow at Wise Rye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E. We'll see how it plays out. Will Ben be a 76er or will a trade be pulled off? Will Daryl Morey finally pull off a trade right before the gates of the NBA trade deadline close? We'll find out. I'll catch you on the next episode right here of the Philadelphia CityCast. Until then, have a great rest of your day, great rest of your night, and good luck on all of your bets. Peace. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.